the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Cruz. And as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, I am so honored and excited to be with you again, as it is the will of the king, both politically and spiritually, because we represent a government that is the kingdom of God. Welcome, fellow citizens. I petition and pray that our Lord and King, our Savior, has blessed you this past week and know that he's a, he's blessed me and my family. He's blessed my wife and my daughter. And I know that he has because one of the things I know is we're still here. We're still able to wake up and function and go throughout our day with the strength that's manifested by our Lord and Savior because no one in this home has the human strength to push the way we have for the past year and a half. So that leads us into today's topic, which is going to be out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But before I get into that, I want to I want to provide some context for this. So in Isaiah 39, it speaks about the, the king's son of, of Babylon at the time. Now, Hezekiah, he was sick. He was the king during this time when Isaiah was when, when Isaiah gave this prophecy. And it's a second part of a prophecy that he gave Hezekiah. But Hezekiah was sick and he was just now recovering from his illness. So what the king of Babylon, you know, he was doing, he was sent, he sent some letters and some presents to Hezekiah to, to wish him well, that he gets healthy and stuff like that. And Hezekiah at that time was, you know, he was at that, once he got those letters and received those letters, he, he wanted to show them his, 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 his wealth is basically what he did. He showed him his wealth in return because what he wanted to do was kind of show that he can partner up and help contribute in alliance against the Assyrians at that time to, to help defeat the Assyrians. And, you know, the obviously we know that Israel ended up in captivity underneath Babylon and because he showed them his his wealth and all that stuff, you know, this right here is kind of where Hezekiah, where he sinned because he was using his wealth as before people in a systematic way. And they were still going to get captured anyway. They were under captivity, but it wasn't because of Hezekiah's sin that they ended up going into captivity but it was also because of the corrupt leadership of Manasseh and then Hezekiah's son also at that time. So, you know, a lot of things went into play with that, but Hezekiah didn't help with giving or showing his, trying to display his power through wealth and it didn't work. So during that time, Isaiah comes in you know, he, he goes and visit Hezekiah unannounced to to give him word. And this wasn't the first time that Isaiah had done that. So what he did was he went in and gave this prophecy to 
Hezekiah and basically told him that they were going to get captured. So this happened shortly before Israel was went into captivity underneath Babylon. Right. So the now we move up to verse the chapter 40 and this kind of where the prophecy occurs that Isaiah is giving him. And, you know, in the beginning part, it was when he first spoke, you know, the word says, comfort, comfort, my people, says God, says your God. It says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her, right, that her warfare is ended. So he was initially talking to Israel and he wanted to provide them some comfort for what was to come, right? But it, so this comfort that was to come, it started out with Israel, but because of what the Lord says in verse three, it kind of moves it into a national, what I would say a national, national audience, which would be every one of God's believers, right? Because in verse three, it says, and a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And if you recognize that, that is a prophetic exhortation that's told to Israel to prepare them for the revelation of the Messiah's arrival, right? So now when you bring up that, that's also mentioned back into Mark, it's mentioned in Luke 3, it's mentioned in John 1. So, you know, and Elijah was also a part of that, you know, so we kind of been in Elijah, but Elijah was also a part of, of this forecoming prophecy as well. So with Isaiah bringing that up and, and, and the word of God mentioning that, you know, so that, that kind of moves into the greatness of God and what he was just talking about in Isaiah 40. And, you know, if you get time, you know, I would suggest that you just kind of go back and read Isaiah 39 and Isaiah 40. But what I want to do is I kind of want to talk about Isaiah 40 and verse 31, because, you know, like I said, we've been in this mental health, you know, series for a while now. And I've been in that series because the, the, the spirit has the spirit of God has, he's wanting me to do that. You know, it's, it's something that I'm dealing with and my family is dealing with. My wife is dealing with it. You know, I may be talking about it from, from my perspective and I only can speak from my perspective, but I know we're talking with my wife that, you know, her perspective is totally different because she's actually the one that's fighting mortality and I'm not. You know, so my perspective is, is different and I, I consider mine's more of a fleshly perspective of all this. Right. So it's not to make, you know, my story is sad. It's, it's not sad because, you know, God's perfecting everything, but he's definitely perfecting my flesh and and, and he's he's given her some thorns, too. So but it's just different. Right. Because, like I said, she's one facing mortality and I'm not right now, you know, because I'm healthy. 
and she's not. And that's just the reality of it all right now. But back to the text. So what I'd like to talk about is how we renew our strength during this time when we're going through trials. You know, so in Isaiah 40, verse 31, let's take a read of of that. And it says, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they should run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, you know, if you've been in church of any amount of time, I'm sure at some point you've probably heard that verse. And, you know, we we like to use it as a, I would say, a, a feel good verse. Every time I hear it, it's more of a motivational type of of context. And it's, that's fine. But when you're seeking the Lord for your help, I have to, and this is where becoming a Berean is important because you have to go into the background of the word, right? And see, and understanding the context of how this was given, God was providing comfort for the trial that was coming for Israel. And he also provided comfort for us in the future, right? So this is not just a national, uh, just an Israel promise. This is actually where it bleeds over and ties over to all believers in the kingdom, right? So let's just break this down a little bit. It says, let's take verse 31. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. So once you kind of look that up and do some research on that, looking at some commentary here, it says there is a general principle here that patient praying believers are blessed by God with strength in their trials. It says the Lord also expects his people to be patient and await his coming in glory at the end of the fulfilled the promises of the national deliverance. This is when believing Israel would become stronger than they have ever been. So that's how I said that it kind of blends in over from Israel's belief. And, you know, God still has a, they still have a special place in the kingdom, you know, but their disobedience got us engrafted in but God hasn't removed them from their place of of being the the chosen people, right? So, you know, once they all start to believe and 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 turn the corner, then you know that prophecy will be fulfilled. But when we kind of look at waiting on the Lord's strength, I it, it, there's a verse here that says Second Corinthians. 12 and 8 and 10. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians and we're going to go to 8 and 10. So I think I told you 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 and 10. So it says here, and this is Paul talking now, right? It says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, and this is the words of, of Jesus, it says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, 
persecution and calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. So it says here three times Paul pleaded that the hindrance of his his ministry would would be taken away from him. Right. And and in Paul's prayer to Jesus, he was just kept asking him to remove it. And the thing that he wanted him to remove was the demons that were attacking him. It was a threefold repetition where Paul requested, just like Jesus requested three times at Gethsemane. Right. So both Paul and Jesus both requested for the cup to be taken away from him. And both times it was denied. But what was granted to them was grace to endure and finish the assignment. So the lesson for us here is we can ask God to take it away. And if he happens to take it and if he takes it away, we have to be careful of who we allow to take it away. Right. Because. God doesn't take away our calamities. What he does is he provides strength, renewed strength to continue the assignment that he wants you to 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 do. And when he does that, you should see changes within yourself. You should see changes of, you know, someone who's going through this trial with you. You know, there has to be changes that you will see. The blessings are not the material things that you see. You know, those are just what are those? You know, I I would call those commodities. Right. But the thing that that is worth anything to God is has your character become more like his son. Period. Has your heart changed during your trial? And if it has then you're able to make different decisions. You're able to make what I would think a better decision. And you would think about life as more, you know, then life becomes more about how you can change and how you can help others than about yourself. And that's tough because like I've mentioned before, we're, 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 we're selfish people. We think about ourselves first and then we want to, you know, think about others second. But being a caregiver for me, I'm having to think about everybody else first and the flesh eats me up daily about it. Right. And the easiest thing to do is some is really the hardest thing for me to do. Because I have a covenant with my wife. I have a covenant with God. And, and I want to be around for my, my daughter. Uh, she means the world to me. And, and we don't get opportunities to, to raise kids that God has uh, ordained us with, right? It's, they're not, they don't belong to us, but we're just given to them, you know, given to us to, to raise for God. And I just want to do the best that I can to raise her so that she can complete her assignment. The reason why she's here. Right. So, but yeah, that's, that's what Paul was dealing with. So when you say three times and then you hear this next verse, it says, well, 
He doesn't take it away. He doesn't address it. And all that the Lord says is, hey, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Right. So God wouldn't remove the thorns from Paul that he requested, but he continually supplied him with the grace that he needed because us as humans, we are the weaker instrument. And when we have grace, you know, I'm starting to understand the supply of grace. When I show up at work every day, that's grace. Because I could have made a different decision not to go, not to show up. My heart could have led me somewhere else. But because my heart is, is, in, is activated right now to please God, He's like, man, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to help you push through and get everything done in the mornings, drop Abigail off, and I'm going to give you the right mindset to keep pushing. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to give you the mindset. I'm going to give you grace to, to make it through, to, to say the right things, to bite your tongue, even though you're frustrated, and you're going to go to work. And you're going to allow people to tell you what to do there because they have bought your time. They bought your time. So for the next eight hours, since they bought your time, you need to perform well as if you're working for me because I allowed them to buy your time. That's grace. Right. So uh, I try to give my all where I can and where I can't. It's just, man, that. I just apologize to God because I'm just in a whirlwind right now. But that kind of explains that verse, or at least that portion of the verse. Now let's go to the second half of that verse. Let me get back to it here. Isaiah 40 and 31. You have to forgive me. I'm kind of kind of flipping through here. But let's go back to where the second part, it says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. So, you know, I hear about eagles and all that stuff all the time. You know, that reference of eagles are, is made throughout the Bible. So I wanted to look up some more different commentary, and I found some through Fawcett and David, right, back in 1882. And what they said here sparked me on a, a, a journey to, to do some additional research. But this is what they said about this verse. It says, they shall put forth fresh feathers as eagles, as said to the renovated themselves. The parallel clause, renew their strength, confirms this. The eagle was thought to mount and renew his feathers and win them his strength in old age. However, in the English version is favored by the descending climax, mount up, run, and walk. And in every attitude, the praying, waiting child of God is strong in the Lord, unquote. And that was some commentary. But what fascinated me was renew the feathers. So I was like, I typed in in YouTube, renew the strength of, of eagles. How do eagles renew their strength? And this was, this floored me because I never knew this. When an eagle 
renews its strength, an eagle can live about 70 years, right? But the only way an eagle can live that long, they have to renew their strength is what they call it at 40, at the age of 40. And what they do is they fly really high to the highest peak that they of a mountain. And what they would do is run again, uh, fly against the mountain to break their beak. And once they do that, they're they're in this this awful pain from what I understand. And they wait to heal. So during that time, they're not eating. They're waiting for their beak to heal because it's shattered. And the reason why they do that is because as they get older, their beaks become so rounded down that they're unable to pick up and eat food because their beaks, you know, the top was already rounded if you look at an eagle. So what they do is they break it and then it grows back. And once it grows back, then the next thing that they do, what they were talking about here, Fawcett and Brown, was renew his feathers and with them his strength is is coming. So I was like, and in that video I saw, if the explanation is afterwards, what they would do is pluck out all the old feathers and that's painful, right? They're plucking them out themselves so that new lighter feathers will grow and that's how they renew their strength. They become young again and they're able to live an additional 30 years all the way up to 70 and I was like, man. So I sat there and I thought about that. Not I, I meditated on that because God put that in the word for a reason. And it shows that even a time of renewing our strength, pain is still involved. There's necessary pain that's still involved. And in order to reach that growth potential, that extra, you know, to gain that strength, to, to carry on for another 30 years. I don't know how long it takes for the beak and all the feathers, that process, what, you know, what they go through, but as the eagles, I mean, but I was like, is this stuff that we have to endure? You know, when we're asking God to renew our strength daily, right? There's a process that it must go through. And even renewing, and that's why it says wait, because whatever we ripping off in our flesh, it takes time to heal from that. And when you think about it, the things that that thorn that is on you, if he just take it away, you'll never fix it. And it'll slow you down for future and you will never renew your strength. And that's something that. I'm going to be focusing on here the next couple of weeks is, you know, whatever God has been trying to take out of my life, out of my flesh, these thorns that that keep poking me. Those are the you know, when you remove those thorns, it takes time to heal. You know, we normally in the natural, we what you get hit by a thorn bush. It's like, you know, you're taking Neosporin and, you know, you. You tend you tenderizing the or not tenderizing, but taking care of the wound and all that stuff, right? So it takes time for it to scab over, heal, 
you know, and then eventually, you know, it, it, your skin smooths back out and the, the pain is gone and all that stuff, but it takes time. And that's the same way with renewing our strength. Now, God can can provoke a miracle and give it to you the next day, you know, but that's not how that's not how God wants to work. And his word shows that his word tells us that it's it's time. It's patient. It's waiting. You know, so like for my wife, cancer is her thorn. It's not because, you know, she did anything bad because we're all sinners. But the good thing about it is that we're all healed from sin because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we still have these bodies that houses sin that we can't get rid of. It's a thorn. Sin is a thorn. Right. So and the wages of sin is death. And that's why cancer promotes death, just like everything else promotes death in a sinful bodies. So, you know, but he's renewing her strength each day. Physically, she's unable. She has no strength. I mean, she can barely sit up two or three hours a day with with the family. I mean, she really is out of it daily. Nausea, dizziness. I mean, so, you know, telling her, well, God's going to renew your strength. I mean, it's, you know, she's been dealing with this for a year and a half daily and she still holds on. So God is renewing her strength. It's just very, very slow. And we have to go through this and just sit in the waiting room and wait and ask for these ask for the strength each and every day but there's a process that she must go through too to to do that and i i can't go through that process for her but i can go through the process with her and that's what i'm trying to do you know and i i know days are difficult when i'm having to clean and just do all these different things you know it's it's not about me but i'm explaining the things that I'm going through and and what I see as far as and and what the flesh is telling me. So let's just take for today. You know, it's Sunday. You know, she had great intentions. She woke up this morning and she was like, I'm I'm going to do some laundry. I'm going to separate laundry. And by the time she separated laundry, she was so dizzy that she was like, I just need to sit down. I, I don't feel good. I feel nauseous. And she was out all day. So the laundry was separated. I have baby. And it's right after church. We just finished, you know, watching church on stream. And here it is. I'm cleaning. I'm having to unload dishwasher, fix baby girl breakfast, put in laundry. She wants to play. I have a mountain of, of of things to do. And here I am running around doing this all day today. And here it is, the end of the day. And I had enough strength to do, to wash baby's clothes. She had the clothes that I was able to hang up her clothes, put away her clothes, fold our clothes. I still have one load left. It's nine. 30 right now, 10 o'clock. I still have one load left, right? I still have a few dishes in the dishwasher, but, and I have 
and I'm, and I'm doing this podcast. But I had enough strength to do that today and I didn't think about it. And I was like, that's some renewed strength that the Lord has given me. He put me on his wing. And, you know, and that's one of the things that eagles do with their youngs. They will put them on their back and fly them to teach them how to fly. You know, they would put them on their backs and and soar high and let them fly. And then they would catch them back on their wings if they couldn't do it. And this is how the eagles teach their youngin how to fly. So this is what God is doing for me. He's teaching me how to gain this strength. Now, I wasn't perfect in my, you know, sometimes I was frustrated today. It's like Abigail kept calling my name, daddy, daddy, daddy. So it's like, what? Stop calling my name. I just left the room, you know, so I'm, and then I'm catching myself. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what? I have this stuff to do. And she's doing this. And he was like, take, stop what you're doing. Go up there and see what she needs. So then I go up there and she's like, I wasted water and she gets in trouble by doing stuff. You know, she's a toddler. So she's going through learning, you know, there's consequences for doing things that you're not supposed to do. So she's concerned about getting in trouble, about wasting water in the restroom. And I was just like, okay, baby, you're in the restroom, you're, you're on towel, you're wasting water, it's fine. I'll pick it up. I'm going to give you a towel. Next time, be careful, right? So these are the things that helps me realize, okay, this is how I'm renewing my strength. I'm asking him, I, I can't do this. He was like, yeah, you can. Just stop what you're doing on the task and go see what she is and then go back, right? So this is how those conversations go. So I tell you these things, you the listener, is so that this is why your relationship with God is so important. Because it's not like I hear an audible voice, but what I do hear is instructions internally that the Holy Spirit, the helper that God has sent us because of our Lord and Savior, we have this helper who who directs us in counsel, right? And I have to listen to that counsel a lot. You know, I, I would like to talk to friends, and but I don't want it to become you know, a bashing seminar about how bad I feel. But it would be nice to know that I have friends that I could talk to that could listen. But I think at this point, it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard sell to, to ask for me as a man to ask people to, to, to chat with me. So then I, I end up chatting with God. But what happens is I, I become a loner. You know, and and that's that's not good, but it is good in a way because it 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 keeps my avenue to hear God. But at the same time, right now, you know, the prescription that my doctor gave me, my family doctor gave me was I thought that he was going to increase my meds and he didn't. He said the prescription that you need right now is buying some of your time back from your family because if you don't it, it it's not going to end well because he's been in this with me for 
You know, he's been my doctor for the past seven years since I've been here. So he knows me, my family doctor. And the information and the, the things that he gave me was not normal for a doctor. You know, he didn't feed medication. He he told me that he didn't want to do that because I wouldn't like the side effects and the side effects wouldn't be good. So what he prescribed me was buying back my time. He was like, and I know it's difficult, but if you don't get time for yourself, for personal growth, right? And everything that God's been working with me on is natural stuff. It's, you know, getting enough sleep, getting enough food, the right food to eat, nurturing. That's why I was in Elijah for so long. But then it's like, also, you got to have experiences that you can talk about and that you can grow. And when the doctor asked me, he was like, what has been the last time that you've been out and done something by yourself for an hour or two? And I said, I sat there and I thought and I was like, oh, it's probably been about three, three years or so ever since the baby was born. And he was like, you have no new experiences that you've created. You have nothing to look forward to, nothing to talk about with other people outside of caregiving. If that doesn't change, it's going to be hard for you to break out of this cycle of depression. And that's where I'm at. But I have hope in God and I and I love God. And I understand that this is my thorn and I I accept it. And I pray that whatever thorn you have in your life, look at your thorn different. Look at what God wants to remove. And then you wait on the Lord to help you heal. And he's going to give you strength to do that. He's not going to give you a time frame. That's why he's, he says his grace is sufficient. Right? So that's the end of the podcast today. And I, I pray that you got something out of it today. And I, I hope that you'll be able to, to, to listen to this and go back through Isaiah 31 and study it for yourself. Look up at the Eagles and just kind of meditate on that word today, right? But if you have ears to hear the call of God at this moment, and he has asked you to be willing to submit to him and become a part of the kingdom, repeat this confession after me. I confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. That's Romans 10 and 9. And if you said this with a deep personal conviction, without reservation, that Jesus is sovereign over me and everything that I have in my life, this phrase includes repenting from your sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to him as Lord and King. This is the volitional element of faith. Until next week, Kingdom Citizens, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. And I appreciate you listening. I don't take it for granted. And I pray that you have a blessed week. Blessings. <laughs>